1: is beautiful think about your story right now think, think about where your life actually is the things you've been pressing in for the things you've endured and even then I want you to take this statement and like paint just rub it over your situation and say my story is beautiful in Jesus name amen amen Sometimes that's what we have to remember is we're going through everything. And if we could see the beginning from the end, we would understand that God wrote our story to be beautiful. And it's easy to say, well, God God wrote it that way but I've drifted so far off course. I'm in my pick my own adventure and they didn't actually, like I literally get to the pick my own adventure story where it says you lose. Like, no, no, no. I'm supposed to find an ending in this book. But we have to remind ourselves, we have to remind our spirit sometimes that you know what? My story is beautiful. And when the Bible says he makes beauty from ashes, are ashes beautiful? they are when they're part of a beautiful story and it's, it's important to remember the victory that you're a part of that even when you're in the mess i i felt tonight that there was a spirit of perseverance in here and that's beautiful i felt during the worship so many of you just beautifully pressing in saying god i'm i know i'm facing something but i'm gonna persevere my faith will continue my worship will continue. God, I will persevere forward. And when I saw that, I felt that there, there's someone in here where you, you've been pressing in, you, you're in the struggle. You've been pressing in, you're saying, God, give me the endurance, give me the faith. But there's, there's something that's been fighting against you. I feel like if there's someone who's been pressing in and it's as if like you're having issue with your lungs, and you almost don't even have the energy to keep going because you're short of breath. Is there anyone in here that I'm describing that you're, you're doing your best to pursue and have the energy to fight the good fight, but you actually are experiencing issues of the lungs that are keeping you from coming forward? Will you, will you come forward? And if there's anyone else, please also come forward. Or if this is you, you actually feel like physically in your lungs, there is shortness of breath that's keeping you from the energy you need to keep fighting the good fight? Okay. Reach out your hands in prayer with me. God is with you now. And you have been pressing in. You have been pressing in everything you've known to do But there's just that little bit of fear of saying, "Is my story going to be beautiful? Is my story? I break it. I break the lie off of you. I break the anxiety and the fear off of you. I break every condemning spirit and all the rejection that's coming. That's wiped it clean. I say right now, be filled, fresh, head to toe with the with the revelation that God's joy would break through into you, break through into you, Father. Let your joy spring forth, spring forth. It's a fresh spring. I hear him saying. You have persevered well, but now, watch oh, as I spring forth through fresh joy. Father, fill her heart right now as you break every, every obstacle inside that is caused. The anxiousness, I break the shortness of breath. I break every physical infirmity that's been coming over you. I break it. I break it. I feel like it's generational things spoken over you. That even from your parents, there are things that have been spoken over you that have caused you to have respiratory issues for so long and I break the respiratory issues. I break it. I break the attachment of the curses spoken over you. And I feel God say, let the wells of joy, feel them inside. Feel them inside. You can feel it building from your heart. Just like that little crack in the ground. It's like the water's starting to spring up. And he says, daughter, feel it. Feel the wells of joy. Come in, come in, come in, come in. Come in. Amen. Amen. Come on. How many of you know that God is in every situation and the temptation is we even think we're doing the right things. So why would I ask God to do something differently and negate what I've been doing to get to this point? It's a real temptation to say, God, I just wanna keep pressing on. Give me the strength to keep pressing on. But sometimes God isn't always looking to give us the strength to press on. He's looking to give us something else. And that's a bit of what we want to... I, I feel like God wants to crack open tonight. Is that okay? Okay. I almost don't want to preach, man. But I, I, I feel as though there, there's a little bit of a, of a word that God gave to me that I want to lay down. Now, when I say I'm going to preach it quickly, on average, that turns out to be 40 minutes. So we're going to try to do better than that today. But you guys can take a seat. We won't keep you standing the whole time. Band, thank you so much. You might be up sooner than you realize. So... Make quick work of your time off. Oh, it is so good to be here with you guys on a Wednesday. I feel like I've been doing a lot of Sundays, and that's, and that's fun because you get a lot of practice with your message. You know, sometimes you feel bad for the first service because they're getting, you know, what you're working on by the time you get to the new, and it's a polished message. But uh, not, when, not when Pastor Matt preaches. They're always phenomenal. There is, there is no warm-up. <laughs> um... This is going to be really fun. I, I really like the atmosphere that's in here today. Who has never heard me preach before? Okay. That's fun. Just a couple of people. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have to be careful what I say because we podcast things. No, um, I'm safe. I promise. I, I don't, I don't buy it, I don't attack. Uh, I'm very sarcastic. Some of that has to do with my Jewish roots. You know, it, it comes through the lineage, right? Uh, yeah, Jews are notoriously sarcastic, if you're wondering, Pastor Loren. Um, uh, for a lot of you know this. You know, I think I've said enough jokes, but for those of you who don't, I, I do have Tourette's. I don't know how to spell it, but I have it. So if you see me twitching all over the place, just let's say that's because I'm Jewish too. This is really bad. This is going to a dark place. This is like that one time I was reading the Old Testament in the original Hebrew, and Moses was like, eh, I don't know what you guys are doing. You know, he's doing his best New York Long Islander. That's not the original Hebrew. Start the podcast now. Start the podcast now. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) What, what I'm really trying to do is, is by time to, to, to capture what I actually believe God is doing in, in this room tonight, but also in this season. Yeah. Yeah. It, we are in a transitional season, and I think a lot of us know that, right? right. Who was alive the past couple of years? Right, And we've we've seen a lot of things shifting and shaking. We're saying, oh, that's God on the move. God's going to do something. Or maybe we're saying, the devil's going to do something. And we don't know which side we think is going to win. But either way, we've looked at the past couple years, and you've seen all these different things shaking and shifting. And we're saying, that's it. That's it. God's on the move. The next great thing is happening. But I feel like it hasn't happened yet. And maybe you feel this, too, that there's been a lot of shaking, and a lot of shifting. But those are just the precursors. Sometimes you, you, have, to, you have to break free of the residue that's, that's solidifying on the outside of something. Before you can actually move. And so what I believe is. Things have begun to shake and shift and be all over the place. And don't get scared if I tell you this is just the beginning. Of what God's looking to do. Because... I love the first song we sang that talks about waking up, right? Waking up, coming to. And I believe that that's a lot of what God is doing. And I just felt this sense that there is a move, a massive move of God that is just hanging over the edge of these mountains, ready to pour into this valley. That there is actually a, a revival. We love to use that word. But there, there is a revival so potent. It's, about, it's just, just on the cusp of pouring into this valley. And I know I've talked to some, some people here uh, about this, and there's, there's some confirmations on this, but that really the, the, the word that we've all been feeling is, are you ready for it? What is a revival? A revival isn't you go to a church service and it lasts an hour longer. <laughs> right? You think, oh, revival's here. Let's go to a three-hour worship service, baby. And, and you know, we think that's exactly what we're here to do, and revival is more people getting saved, and, you know, everything's super cool. But the reality is a lot of us look at revival like it's the church's responsibility. It's just something that happens in the church walls. We have cooler church services. More people come to church services. No, if you look at every major revival, both biblical and in recent history, it happens off the pulpit. The pulpit's a part of it. But what happens in a revival is God pours out his spirit in an extremely saturated fashion. But he's looking for willing vessels that can handle it. And what you often find in revival is it's the people off the streets. How many people saw Jesus' revolution or know that story, right? You understand that it's, why is it in revival? It's the people you don't expect are the ones that carry revival. Because the people of religion aren't actually prepared to carry it. See, God is looking for willing vessels. Because when God's going to pour out a blessing, a revival, when he's going to do something major in the world or in a geography or in a season or over a people, he's not looking for willing churches. He's looking for willing people. And, and the word that we've all been talking about is, are you ready? Are you going to be on the sidelines? Are you going to be in the church pew wondering why are these people going cuckoo? This revival needs to end. I want to get back to life as normal. Or are you ready to actually embrace it? Do, do, we, do we even know what that means? Like, how do we even pick up revival? How do we prepare ourselves for revival? How do you prepare yourself to be a part of the biggest move of God, the big moves of God? And, and every revival is meant to then bring heaven to earth, right? Well, heaven to earth manifest is a transformation Of everything around you. That's why we often say revivals lead to reformation. A move of God comes into the people. The people then go and rebuild the ancient ruins. Like it says Isaiah. Isaiah? Isaiah. But but it says, you know, that the, the people of revival are then meant to go and rebuild the cities. And make the cities look more like heaven. So if we want to see a restored Salt Lake City. If you want to see your city standing in righteousness... Look, we can, we can try to muscle it all day to try to get into politics, to try to get in the marketplace and try to, you know, one at a time, make, make our way into places of influence. And that's, that's good. But when a revival season is coming, God wants to shift the very atmosphere of the valley. You get what I'm saying? And so that it's, it's important that when we see revival as an opportunity to get fueled up for how God wants to transform what you're in to be more like heaven. And so if we want to see the city taken, It's going to require reformation at a level that only revival can steward. Is some of this making sense? I know the thing a revival can be a little tricky because there's so many different ways people talk about it, so many different stories, so many theologies around it. But to me, a revival is a corporate, supernatural move of God that is meant to renew the environment around it, to turn Whatever it is, more into what it's supposed to be in heaven. And I believe we are on the cusp, that it's literally hanging over the mountains, ready to pour into this valley. And I don't know this for sure, but I wonder if it's even being delayed because there's not enough ready vessels. But the thing I want for all of us is that none of us would be on the outside of that. I want to wake in Salt Lake City to be a willing recipient, that when, when that oil pours over the mountain, our cups overflow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what I think we should talk about tonight is, how do we get ready? Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, one, one of my favorite people in the Bible, uh, you, could, you could argue that he's a revivalist in his own way, is Elijah. Everyone familiar with Elijah? Yeah. Right, he commanded a drought. And then he commanded a drought to end. He raised the dead. One of my favorites, he calls down fire from heaven. And we all think, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He called down fire from heaven when they did the altars. And that's a crazy story on its own where he's competing against um, the the priests of Baal. And he says, you know, what, is your God in the bathroom because he can't bring fire? And then he, he brings fire down. Did you know there were other times? That was not the only time that Elijah called down fire. Check this out, 2 Kings 1.10. So Elijah answered and said to the captain of 50, if I am a man of God, then let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. And fire came down from heaven and consumed him and his 50. Get, get this. It happens two more times. Yeah, so, so someone sees that, like, I don't believe it. So they bring another 50, and he does it again. And then they bring another 50, and he does it again. And so... They, I mean, look, the man did it four times. We all think he did it once and God would never do it again. This guy did it four times. I'm gonna keep trying. (laughs) And we know Elijah was one of the few people in the Bible who didn't actually die. When it was time to go, the clouds opened up, a chariot of fire came down, picked him up, and he rode on up without dying. Elijah brought so much revival into, into Israel. Yeah. He was the one who went against Jezebel. Yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah. And so much happened through Elijah. And he is a man that even Jesus references. When, when Jesus is getting transfigured, it's like, look, there's Moses yeah. and there's Elijah. Yeah. I mean, this guy is potent, yeah. powerful, memorable. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to pick up the story in 1 Kings 19, 19 through 21. So it says, Elijah departed from there and found Elisha. They were running out of names, so they were starting to sound like each other. The son of Shaphat, who was plowing the 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the 12th ox. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. Okay, and he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please, let me kiss my father and mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, All right, go back. What have I done to you? which is another way of saying, it's your choice. So Elisha turned back from him, took a yoke of oxen, slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment as firewood, gave it to the people and they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah and became a servant. So you're there, just mowing your lawn. <laughs> and Pastor Jurgen walks by and he takes his jacket and he throws it on you. Um I think I know what this means. Like, I'll follow you, but let, let me go pack my bag, and say bye to my parents. He's like, okay, I'll be here. Take your time. That's it. And then he decides to follow him. What was it about that mantle? What was it about that mantle of Elijah that caused Elisha to not just stop what he was doing, to literally slaughter? the 12 oxen that were plowing his fields that helped him make money and sustain a living. He killed the oxen and burned the cart. He burned the bridge. And he said, this guy threw his mantle on me. Must be pretty valuable. I'll follow him. And he had a choice. when, When Elijah said to him, all right, go back, fine. I mean, go do whatever you gotta do if you're gonna follow me. He was giving him a choice. It wasn't like, thus saith the Lord, you must follow me. It was a legit choice. And Elisha could have said no. So Elisha is walking with Elijah for a long time. And at the end of Elijah's ministries in 2 Kings 2, 8 through 14, now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water. And it was divided this way and that so that the two of them crossed on dry ground. Right. He took his mantle, he struck the river, dries up. No big deal, right? And so it was that when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, ask, what may I do for you before I'm taken away from you? And Elisha, timid as he is, says, please let a double portion of your spirit be on me. This is the most potent man in Jewish history And this guy's asking for a double portion. Sounds like a man. So Elijah says, you've asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Now, why would he say that? Okay, you can have a double portion if you see me when I'm taken up. What's he really saying? This started with an offer to follow me. This will end with an offer to follow me to the end. See, there was an original invite to Elisha. Do you want to follow me? It's your choice. And then at the end, okay, you want that blessing? If you can hang with me till the last minute. And knowing I'm going to depart, and that's the end of your new ministry. Remember, you left work behind. You left family behind. You left everything behind to come follow me. And now I'm going to depart. Where are you going to go? There's a lot on the line. Yeah. Elisha's probably thinking, I need a contingency plan. But Elisha says, you followed me to begin with. If you can follow me till the end, your choice, you can get what you ask. Wow. Then it happened as they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire. This is how I want to go. <laughs> and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw, and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen? It's pretty cool. So he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes, and Hulk Hogan style, brother, you know, ripped his clothes in two. (laughs) Did you know Hulk Hogan was being biblical? (laughs) He also took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him He's looking at this mantle, he's looking at the water, he's remembering, he rolls it up, smacks the water and says, where is the Lord God of Elijah? He's testing it. Isn't that how they got across the river in the first place? And when he had also struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. Isn't that interesting? You know what's the most interesting part of this to me? You can't escape the fact that there's that mantle. Think about this. I don't know if you you follow this in the Bible, but Elisha actually recorded twice as many miracles as Elijah. If you read in Kings, he got his double portion. It worked. He performed twice as many recorded miracles as Elijah did. That is a double portion. But it all came back to this mantle. I mean what's the big deal about this mantle? Like, I wanted to call this message um, fashion forward, right? Because there he is. Oh, it must be the clothes. It must be this clothes. I don't know if you know what a mantle is. It's a coat. A mantle's a jacket. So there's something about Elijah's jacket that when he goes to heaven, his other clothes stay on him. He's not ascending in his birthday suit. So he keeps most of his clothes on, but his jacket falls to the ground. Why? Why would it be so important that Elijah's jacket fall to the ground? And Elisha puts it on, and he's the most fashionable guy around, doing twice as many miracles as the man of God whom everyone knows. Why? Could it be that the assignment and the anointing that God had for Elijah was too big and too good for God to withdraw it from this world, even when Elijah left? Think about that. If every bit of power in this earth left with the person who wielded it, we'd always be having to go find new sources. But God's goodness is there is potency on this man's anointing. I would prefer it continue. The mantle stayed behind. The jacket stayed behind. As, as a testimony of God to say, this ministry does not end with this man. You tracking with me? The ministry does not end with the man. I actually want this, this anointing that I've given to Elijah to remain on the earth. And, and so what is it that Elisha did it's not just that he picked up a jacket, right? Well, he he recognized this is an anointed man. He followed that anointed man. He asked for that anointing, and finally, what we're going to get to is he wore the anointing, and that's more important than you realize. I want to get to that in a second, but I first want to say that there there are actually different anointings on the earth. There are assignments that people carry. Um, I have heard it explicitly said by multiple prophetic people coming in that Pastor Jurgen picked up the mantle to save San Diego. And Mike Maiden, I believe, even said it had been lying dormant on the ground for 100 years. No pastor picked up the mantle to take San Diego. And Pastor Jurgen came along and for whatever happened, he put on that coat. And now the anointing to take San Diego fell upon Awakened Church, because of Pastor Juergen. I believe that same mantle falls on the Tuggles for this city. In, in fact, I, I more than just think it, two and a half years ago, before any of us moved out here, you came over to our house for dinner, and you said, hey, we're, we're heading out to Salt Lake City. Do you wanna join us? And we laughed and said, ha, 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 we're never gonna leave San Diego. <laughs> but, but what we did do, is we actually saw it. You remember this. We actually, literally in in the spirit, we perceived the actual spiritual mantle of Salt Lake City and saw that it had remained dormant. And it had been handed to you guys, and I don't know if you remember that. But God has been looking around this valley for, there's a lot of good churches, but there are special anointings, and what the anointing brings is that supernatural, something extra, that you're not doing it in your own strength. There is is wind behind you as you go forth that every action you take produces exponentially more and even the actions you don't take continue to produce because of the mantle that's on you. And there are mantles that pass from all over the place. There are mantles for every seat of government. God loves authority. Problem is, again, especially these days, most leaders leave that mantle on the ground. They say, I will fulfill the assignment without the anointing. And the mantle that is 100% there, 100% there for them to pick up and have supernatural charge, whether or not they're Christians yet, that can happen in the process. If they would have just realized that there was a, a, a mantle, an anointing for them in that role to produce supernatural things for the benefit of the very world around them, there are mantles that exist and they pass from generation to generation and sometimes they lay dormant and it's, it's the hardest thing because we can take the assignment without wearing the clothes. Wow. But the reality is, who does God pick? God's not looking for strength and talent and accolades and resumes to see who gets to carry his anointings. He just wants to know like Elisha, can you recognize it? Can you follow it? Are you willing to ask for it? And can you wear it? See, most of us think an anointing is a staff you wield or a sword you swing. But it's a jacket. Anointings are jackets. They're worn. If I walk around town all day carrying my big puffy winter jacket in my arms, I can only carry it for so long. I'm gonna get tired. But if I wore it on my back, I could go all day. Is it any different in the spirit? See, we we even see the assignment of God. We recognize that there is grace for the assignment, and then we try to wield it. And then when I can't carry it, I think I have to become stronger. I have to try harder. I have to train more. God's not looking for you to be stronger. He's looking for you to wear it. And wearing the jacket is, is an allegory for intimacy. Yeah. Do you know the, the, the greatest, the single greatest anointing that God left on the earth? See, it says that Elijah ascended to heaven, but his mantle fell. And the one who, who was left behind and picked it up did a double portion. See, Jesus ascended to heaven, and his mantle fell. His Holy Spirit fell. And he said, greater works will you do. I mean, the single greatest anointing that we can carry is the Holy Spirit. And we think of the Holy Spirit as its power just coming out of me, but it's more than that. It's like the mantle. It's like the jacket. The Holy Spirit is meant to be worn intimately, cozy, hugging us in every aspect of my being. I can feel when I'm wearing the jacket. I can feel when the Holy Spirit is active in me. And it's not by carrying it. The Holy Spirit is not a sword to do works. It's not a staff to command. He is an anointing that we are called to wear. And what I believe to prepare ourselves for a season of revival that will be just as awesome as any of us can dream is we actually have to learn that the anointing that catches revival is the mantle of the Holy Spirit worn properly. That God is in you, but he's consuming you when he's not something that you're pressing in for and pushing towards and and simply trying to, to hold on to Revival comes when we learn to wear the mantle of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? And, and it would, I would be remiss to think that there's people in here who have just been battling in their day to day. I battle with this. There are days where I am feeling on top of the world with God. And there are days where I couldn't feel further from him. And I feel like if I, ah, I just need to pray harder, or I just need to try harder. I just need to show up to church and worship my eyes out, but I'm still crying from the crushing pressure of life around me. But if the Holy Spirit was a mantle to be worn, anyone could wear it. In fact, it's, it's those who've never seen and improper wielding of the Holy Spirit that are the most pure at knowing how to put it on. Why does revival happen with the people coming in fresh? Because I don't know what else to do with the jacket, but then to wear it. See, Elisha said, well, he rolled up his jacket and struck the waters. I can do the same thing. And sure, that's a nice thing to do. Okay, this this is a weapon to be wielded. This is a staff and a rod that commands atmospheres. The things that are memorable, we don't always talk about Elisha. We talk about Elijah, because his mantle brought revival to a nation. Elisha did great miracles, but who is the one we talked about changed a nation? And so, a lot of it has to do with how we perceive that. And so, I think for some of us, the the, the call on this message is: I've just been trying to figure out how to position myself, how to orient myself to receive. God's blessings, his his favor, his his personhood. And sometimes we have to drop our arms and let him slide the coat, let him give us the embrace and say, this is how it's worn. And when that coat is on you, you can't escape it. When God speaks things to you, there's there's intimacy, there's knowledge, there's protection. with, With every revival, there's a great sorting. There was a testing of faiths. Jesus constantly talked about beware the false prophets. He didn't mean people who who spew obviously fake things. He meant people whose encouragements and words would actually seem to make a little bit of sense. But unless you were wrapped in the Holy Spirit telling you, this is not of me, you could get swept away, swept away. And Revelation is what a third of the church gets swept away by the intoxicating, sweet-sounding promises of the things that sound holy but are not. But how do you know? How do you know? And it's when we wear the coat. It's when we wear the mantle, when the Holy Spirit falls upon us. Every eye closed for a minute. Just, just soak in this. If Holy Spirit is not alive and present in you, if you realize that maybe it's the, the, the Holy, this Holy Spirit thing, I know of God, but what does it mean, His Spirit in me? Or maybe you've been dying to get the Holy Spirit's anointing on you but it's been hard and exhausting and heavy. And you're realizing you've been trying to carry the Holy Spirit like a sword and a rod rather than wearing it like a jacket. If that's you, I want you to come down to the altar. If you're saying, I, I've never actually encountered Holy Spirit inside of me. And I want, I want to experience that today. I want to put on this coat, come down to the altar. Or if you're in your seat saying, I've been trying and trying and trying, and yet I still feel like the Holy Spirit is not fully present in me. And you realize I've been trying to hold what I should be wearing. I invite you, come down to the altar. Come down to the altar. Uh, the hardest thing about wearing a coat is what do I do with my hands? We, we, we so want to be in the mix. We so want to be in control. There has to be something that I can do. But the reality is revival, revival, both personal revival and the revival that will pour over a city come from the simple fact that you need do nothing more then just wear it. Then just let God embrace you. And as he hugs you, as he fills you, there's just this exhale of saying, oh, I can breathe. I can breathe. And you can recognize, you can recognize him in you. You can recognize, he makes himself known. You don't have to question if God is alive inside of you. You can feel his presence. It comes out in joy. It comes out in peace. It comes out in warmth. But everyone, I want everyone to repeat after me right now. Say, Father God, I thank you that you allow me to carry your purposes in this world. I give myself to you. I follow you. I recognize you. I ask for more. And I choose today to wear the mantle you've left for me. Holy Spirit. Come into me, cover me. I lay down my efforts, my thoughts, anything that would cause me to wield you as something you're not. Holy Spirit, fill me, cover me, hold me, fill me, cover me. I submit, I lower my arms. Come fill me. Come fill me, come fill me, come fill me. And I'm just gonna come lay a hand on you. And what all I want you to do, if you're, if you're anywhere in this room, I just want you to breathe. Even if you're in your chair and you know how to encounter this, experience it yourself. Just, Just breathe. I don't need anyone praying along. I don't need anyone trying to hold things in their hands. I just want you just to learn how easy it is to put on the jacket of the Holy Spirit. Watch this. Watch this, watch this, watch this, thank you. Father, fresh oil right now, fresh oil, fresh oil. Thank you, Father, right now. Fresh oil, fresh oil, fresh oil, fresh, fresh, fresh. Fresh oil, thank you, Father, fresh and filling, fresh, 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 fresh. fresh. Come on, just breathe, just breathe. Watch, here it comes. A multitude of heaviness is gonna melt off of you right now. Just, here it comes feel that, you can feel that. Watch, watch, watch. Just, I surrender it, I surrender it. Thank you, Father, fresh and filling right now, right now. Thank you, Father, fresh oil, fresh oil. It's, it's all there. You don't have to do anything. It's just, just there, just there, just there. Yeah, it's a surrender, it's a surrender. Just, God, I'll, I'll put down my arms. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Be ready, be ready. It's like a wave, it's like a wave. Some of you in the room right now can even feel the wave. There's like pulsations of of heaven coming into this room. I want you to to recognize it, to learn to recognize it, that when you're wearing the mantle properly, you can feel everything. You tap into a different atmosphere. There's a different atmosphere over you. There's a different atmosphere over you. Thank you, Father, right now for the fresh and filling, fresh. Fresh, 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 fresh. There's a healing work over you. There's actually a supernatural healing that is yours. It's yours even right now. Even right now. God says you want it. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. Thank you, Father. Fresh oil, fresh, 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 fresh. Thank you, Father. Come on. Don't just stand in awe but worship and say, God, for me too, for me too, even if you're in your chair, say, God, give me, remind me, remind me of your touch, remind me that I can wear you, that you've always been with me. It's always been yours. The mantle's always been yours. It's always been yours. It's always been yours. It's always been yours. Watch this. Just just breathe. Just breathe. I see you as a young girl. You were so joyous. There was there was just supernatural joy over you once upon a time. And you knew, you knew that life was good, that God had you protected and covered and safe. And he is saying, I have done more than that. I will revive in you a joy like you've never seen, but I will actually create a protection around you and your family like you've never known. He says, it's just a shroud, it's just a covering. I see that the mantle he's given you is is bigger than you. I see you opening up your jacket and making room for others. And he says, but watch, let me make room for you. Come into my wings, come into my wings. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Here it is. (sighs) There it is. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Thank you, Father. Just big breath. Are you ready? That's it. Just, just watch. Just expect it. Just say, all right, God, you didn't ask for anything else, but for me to say I'm ready. God, I'm ready for you, I'm ready for you, I'm ready for you. He's been saving this coat for you for so long. It's already yours, it's already yours, it's already yours. Holy Spirit, fire fall right now. Thank you, Father, thank you, Father. There is energy coming into you that this season of exhaustion is ending and right now Holy Spirit is gonna give you supernatural, supernatural energy coursing through you, coursing through you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, thank you. Just big breath, bigger breath than you've taken. There's bigger breath coming into your lungs. There's bigger capacity coming into your words. Your words are being elevated. There's bigger capacity coming into your lungs. God is expanding your lungs for the sake of speaking in new ways. Here it is, here it is. Thank you, Father. Fresh oil, fresh oil, fresh oil. It's nothing new. Yeah, it is. it is. It's just there for you. It's there for you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Fresh infilling, there is potency beyond potency. You've been operating in potency already and it's been hard to see. And I declare the Holy Spirit opens your eyes, opens your eyes, opens your eyes. Holy Spirit, right now, show her, show her, show her what is already in her account, what is already in her account and remind her that more is coming. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Firefall. Holy Spirit, fresh. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Holy Spirit. Come on. Come on. Yeah. There's there's old feelings coming back, old familiar feelings that the feelings of old are returning and God is gonna redeem a multitude of emotions that have been cut out of your life, a multitude of experiences, even things that you you once perceived as good memories, but the devil tainted them. He brought you back to things and he changed the story for worse. God is saying, no, those, I'm changing them back to good. I'm flipping the switch again. I'm flipping the switch again. There's restoration coming to old memories that you thought were good. And the devil convinced you, those could not have been pure. Those could not have been of me. God is saying All right now, let me wrap you. 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 Here it is. Here it is. I'm wrapping you in your goodness. God, thank you. Yeah. It's a big breath. Just breathe out, breathe out the old, breathe out the old. Watch, 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 watch. Here it comes. Perfect fit, perfect fit, perfect fit, perfect fit. You're a perfect fit. You're a perfect fit. You're a perfect fit. Thank you, God. Fire firefall. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I end every attack of the enemy that's been over your thoughts. The things that you... You, you, you battle in prayer, things you've even journaled to God saying, I don't know if I can overcome this. God is saying just hands down. Put the pen down. Put your hands down. Put your pen. Just let me, let me embrace. Let me embrace you. Let me, let me come into you. Let me fill you. Let me show you. Let me show you. Show you new things. New things. New things. Holy Spirit. Bring your gentle waves washing over her, crashing over her. You're doing a new work, you're doing a new work, you're worth it, you're worthy, you're worth it and you're worthy. The mantle would not have your name on it if you were unworthy, but it has your name on it. It has your name on it. God has always seen you as worthy. You have always been counted as worthy. And he says, let me slip it on you right now. Like I I see a, a moment in your past where someone put a Leatherman jacket on you and it felt like the most accepting love time of your life where you felt like I am accepted. I feel God saying, I'm gonna restore that memory and I'm gonna come back into you. Let me place this Leatherman jacket on you as a sign of my devotion to you. It's a sign of my devotion. And Father, I thank you, thank you. That God speaks, but he speaks more profoundly about you than he is through you. Thank you, Father, you speak more profoundly about her. Here, watch this, watch this. I see it. I see there's a shift. It's almost like you've been wearing shin guards and, and, and knee pads and there's things that you've been covering on your walk. There's like protective mechanisms. The Holy Spirit has protected your walk. But I see those pads shifting. I literally see them like winding around you and converting into the coat that for a season, God has held you in protection. But he says that season is over. You no longer need the same protection you once had because I have given you everything in me, Holy Spirit, fall upon her, fall upon her, fall upon her, in Jesus' name. Now, you're probably in your chair wondering, so why didn't I come up? (laughs) What I'm going to recommend, because God is doing something in you, in this room, in this season, I don't want that anyone in here should miss it. So what I'd like to do is as we're breaking service, if you just need to worship and to feel his presence, I think we'll have a final song playing at some point, but just come up here. And I don't want you throwing prayers out. I just want you arms down, saying, God, reveal yourself to me. Give me that warm embrace of the mantle you have for me. And I want you during that time just to come forward. And if if we have ministers up here, all we're gonna do is lay a hand on you. We don't need you coming up to us telling us what you need prayer for. Trust me, Holy Spirit alive in you takes care of a multitude of things. But what I will ask my ministers to do when we get to that, when you're coming forward, just, God, I want to feel you. I want to remember what it is to experience wearing this coat. I'm gonna have my ministers keeping an eye and if they feel led to just lay a hand on you and to impart something, I'm gonna have them do that.
0: Wow.